We talk a lot on this podcast about chess improvement, but when it comes to improving your hiring processes, Indeed is the platform you need. Indeed has over 350 million global monthly visitors, and it has a matching engine that helps you find quality work candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with your candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Years ago, when I was running a chess teaching business, I found it hard to find good help, and I had to go through a lot of back and forth to even screen potential candidates. Indeed allows you to do those things efficiently in one place. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed for hiring, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of Perpetual Chess will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility if you go to Indeed.com slash chess. Just go to Indeed.com slash chess right now, and you'll be supporting our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, Indeed.com slash chess. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. I'm Ben Johnson, and this is the Perpetual Chess Podcast. On Perpetual Chess, I have weekly conversations with the chess world's best players, promoters, and educators about their lives, careers, current projects, and best practices. Perpetual Chess is brought to you through the generosity of its Patreon and PayPal supporters. For more information, go to perpetualchesspod.com. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Perpetual Chess. So I'm excited for this week's guest. We've got a representative from another great organization doing a lot of uh, awesome youth outreach. Uh, we are here with Judith Stoddy, the Executive Director of Bay Area Chess. Thanks for joining us, Judith. Thank you for the invitation, and thanks for all the listeners. Sure, yeah, and I've been following your guys' work, of course. Um, uh, I follow your group on Facebook and on Twitter, and of course we've had guests that, that work for you guys. We've had International Master Kostya Kovutsky, um and Kristen Karita, Grandmaster, and I, there may be some others as well because we've had a couple other Bay Area guests, and I know that you guys are um, you're kind of a stalwart out there, so I hope I'm not forgetting anyone. But, um, but yeah, it's an impressive organization. I, I be- Go ahead. I believe I believe you had uh, Christopher Yu and his dad. Yes, that's right. Point. Yeah, the the young chess star. What's he up to? Yeah. Like tw- he's over twenty three hundred now, right? I know. That was back then. He was only twenty two hundred at age three or whatever it was. But now, now he just keeps on climbing. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. I know. <laughs> and you guys are based in San Jose, is that right, Judith? That's correct. Okay, yes, so for that's those South uh, Francisco Bay Area. Yeah, I lived in Oakland for a year and a half, so my my Bay Area geography is not as bad as my other places' geography. But for listeners who don't know, that's so that is the Bay Area, but it's a ways from San Francisco. But are you guys? Do you guys have programs in um, throughout the Bay? Yeah, we have programs in several cities, um, mostly San Jose, and then we venture into the Northern Peninsula. So. Cupertino, Palo Alto, Burlingame, um, and a little bit in Oakland um, and Hayward. Uh, but uh, those are selective schools. But the majority of our schools are in South Bay Area. 
Okay. And you guys are the largest provider of chess education on the West Coast of the United States. You also do some work sponsoring uh, one of the Pro Chess League teams, which we'll talk about eventually. But Judah, what I wanted to talk about first today, because generally with guests who are... uh, you know, professional chess players, we often talk about a recent tournament. But in your case, I thought I would like to find out more about a recent event. So you guys recently hosted Ho Yi Fan for some simuls and stuff like that. So I was curious if you could take us through how that came about and then tell us about the event a little bit. Well, I'm always very excited to host these special guests. So whenever I get uh, information from someone that we have a special guest in the area, I always try to reach out immediately and see how we can invite them or we have uh, good connections and then they come specifically to visit us. In uh, in Yifan's case, uh, we actually got the information that she is uh, in the Bay Area for an extended period of time. She was uh, interning at a company and, uh, and she did these side events. So uh, she was the most responsive uh, grandmaster ever. And uh, we quickly nailed down the details and um, made it happen. And uh, I opened up registration for the SIMO, um, and it filled up in probably less than four hours. So that was probably a record for us. Yeah, understandable. And I think most listeners will know. But of course, we're talking about the former women's world champion. And as uh, when I talked with Irina Crush, we briefly mentioned she recently made news because she's been, you know, uh, way higher rated than her her. Um, primary competition as the women's world champion and she recently made the decision to go to graduate school so i'm guessing that might be why she has an internship here it's probably related to that but it's great that you were at first able to catch wind of it and be able to make an event like that happen so i'm guessing she did pretty well in the simul Yes, she did pretty well, although it was the end of the week and the end of a really hard week for her she worked uh, she apparently works from 8 a.m till uh, 6 p.m and then I, I um, gave her a ride to the Simul, so we started at 7. So she did lose to Ivan K. Uh, so Ivan won his match against her, which we are really proud of her. I think that was the only win, and she had a couple of draws. But, um, but yeah, obviously, it's still an amazing result, and we had 25 boards, um, so she worked really hard uh, after a long week. So I was really grateful to her to be able to host her and have her for this event. Nice. Yeah, those simuls are always a tricky thing because on the one hand, you don't want anyone to throw the game, of course. You want the person to to put their best foot forward. But on the other hand, it's kind of better from the organizer's perspective if somebody does something. You know, I've seen <laughs> I've seen simuls where they just win every game and it's uh it's not as fun as if someone gets a story about like beating the champion. So so it probably yeah. was, you know, probably it was just fatigue. And of course, it's hard playing. I mean, you guys have such strong young players, so it's a challenge. But I think it's not all bad that a, a kid got a great story out of it. Yes. And Ivan K, if you know him, he's part of the elite team, the RHS elite team, as well as the pro chess uh, team, San Jose Hackers. And he's no... no a weak player. He's around 2,100 feet there, probably around 2,300 USDF. So um, oh, okay. I think yeah, that was a really hard competition for her. So. Okay. Now, now in these simuls, I know that like Kasparov famously, when he does simuls, he wants to know like if one, he wants to know who the strongest player is before the simul starts, so that he can he can have a little more focus against the 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 most dangerous players was there did Ho Yifan did she know who to be extra alert for in the simul or was she just treating everyone equally so um I uh, she did not ask for any information but as an organizer I always uh, go out my way to to supply this information to the simul uh, givers the grandmasters and and the guests so I always order the um the uh, the participants in rating order. So Ivan was the first player in the row. Uh, I always make a, a little a tag or a, a, a title in front of the player. So the simul giver knows exactly uh, who she's or he's playing. I list their USDF rating. So they have a really good idea who they're playing with. And even if we have on-site registration, which we had against um, Naidich or um, who else? 
and Mamadirov, uh, I always make uh, a page um, in front of the player so that the simul giver always knows who's playing with. Okay, so she wasn't blindsided, the, but but yeah, the kids. She the, no, she, so she she received the uh, um, the list of players a couple of days prior to the um, to the simul, as well as on site the uh, setup was. And if you go to Facebook, you will, you can see pay, uh, pictures from the event. You will see that the players each had name tags in front of their boards and things like that. Okay, and it's great that your your guys are able to put on events like that, and particularly, of course, to help help support women in chess. I mean, here we have the best wom- woman player in the world, most likely, <laughs> even if she's not uh, s- still world champion. So, when you do an event like that, did you notice that more girls or women came out to play, or was it still the the ninety percent male demographic that we're we're trying to improve in the chess world? Well, uh, I certainly did see um, some girls come out, like Rochelle, who made the trip from Davis. Um, and we did have other girls. But um, I was more uh, more uh, um, surprised that the Chinese community really represented themselves. Now, so usually we have around 40 Chinese, 40 Indian people, and then the rest is mixed. But uh, but the Chinese community really represented. So uh, Rui, Ayan, and Kimberly Liu, they also uh, played. And I think both of them drew, if I can remember. Uh, I'm for sure Kimberly uh, draw. And the funny story with her that she played a week before that event. She played the simul with Naroditsky up in Sacramento. And she, she draw Naroditsky too. So it was a really, really... Um, wow. Oh, she did. Sounds like I need to remember that name. What was the name again? Kimberly Liu. Okay, Kimberly Liu. Going to put her on my radar. (laughs) Congratulations to Kimberly if you're listening. Just like Rochelle. So um, they are are nice girls. I love having them at Dark Commands. Okay, so, Judah, I also, of course, want to get into the origins of Bay Area chess. So, uh, how long has uh, your, the, the, excuse me, how long has the organization been around? So, the organization started off in 2006, I believe, uh, as a parent uh, volunteer after-school program. Um, Dr. Salman Azhar is the founder of Bay Area Chess, and he started this organization as a as a parent volunteer chess club at his son's school. And uh, together with his uh, friends, they grew this organization to an after-school provider uh, organization. And then soon after, a couple of years after, I think, I believe it was 2009 when they first started running rated tournaments. And, And basically he grew the company, he grew the organization um, in 2011, um, he converted the company into a nonprofit organization, and uh, and basically that's that's how it um, that's how it um, become a really big organization. I uh, came on board 2014 as the executive director in March. Prior to that, I was a volunteer for two years, so I. I oversaw website transformation as well as registration and website maintenance and Facebook. So I helped out a little, but then 2014, I came on board as the executive director. So it's a surprisingly young organization for for how big it's become. Yeah, Yeah, and that just shows that the need for chess um, events, class, classes, tournaments is such so large here in the Bay Area. So I guess that's the reason we we could grow. And is growth sort of is it still part of the vision of Bay Area Chess? Um are you are you guys still looking to get into more schools and, and provide more services? Yes, absolutely. So we are actually at a point where uh, we have a wonderful uh, team of coaches. Um, we have around 30, 35 coaches. Um, on head of them is um, Director of Enrichment and Deputy Director Abel Talantes. 
So he's in charge of all the coaches and scores and uh, and he makes sure that everything, the quality of the coaching and and everything is uh, on top. And they do prospect scores. So as um, we get more and more quality coaches, we of course would like to provide them with full-time work and employee status. And once, in order to do that, we need more schools. So this is an ongoing process, obviously. Okay, so for is so part of Abel's job is to try to to recruit new schools. Yes, but uh, thankfully, it's word of mouth also works. So, like San Jose Unified School District is a perfect example where we have such a good reputation, and traditionally the principals are rotated around the schools. So once. Once a principal have good experience with us, then they transfer to another school, then boom, we are in that new school again and obviously can continue in the uh, existing schools. So it's a really good um, good to see how amazing job our coaches are doing and our administration and leadership team is doing. So I'm very proud of them. We are really, really great team. That's great. And are you guys doing primarily after school programs or are you doing some some during the school classes as well? So uh, we have a, uh, a class called lunch class, which is uh, not a traditional class in terms of instructions, but it's uh, usually uh, school or schools are contracting us to come uh, during the lunch break. And provide the kids uh, as an alternative to outside running around and kicking the ball. They can come in and play chess. Obviously, if they don't know how the pieces move, we have a coach there to teach the uh, kids how the pieces move. But then you see all these kids just rushing into the room and then start playing chess. It's really energizing and an amazing feeling how we can touch so many lives with the funding of the school for schools. So it's free for the kids. Okay, yeah, that's been my experience in school programs as well, where you, you can often do lunchtime programs and you can do after school programs, but actual classroom time is becoming more and more protected, uh, especially in public yeah. schools. And California, uh, in particular, is very um, uh, authoritative um, in terms of they are really regulatory what they can teach. So it's really hard to get into the regular classroom time. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, this is just a quick aside, Judith, for listeners. Um, if anyone out there is listening and has an organization outside of the United States, I'm, I'm of course, this is a topic near and dear to me. So we've had a few guests on. Uh, with with chess school programs like uh, Jay Stallings and Adam Weisbarth telling us about the nuts and bolts of their respective organizations. But I'm also, I would love to get perspective from different countries. So if anyone out there is listening and wants to tell me, because I'm sure like we talk so much about profit versus nonprofit organization and stuff like that. And I know every country has its own red tape. So I, of course, I want to hear about all the delightful uh, minutiae of... Um, of uh, the bureaucracies in different countries as well. So um, with with that aside over, Judy. Yeah, go ahead. Let me get you in touch because I'm originally from Hungary. So every year I go back to Hungary and I just recently I'm learning that in Hungary there's more and more schools where chess is a part of the school curriculum. And obviously, Judith Polgar has done an amazing job um, with that. And uh, he's, she's also an ambassador in the EU to, uh, to promote uh, chess in schools. So I think uh, I would be able to get you in touch with someone who has firsthand experience in Europe about sounds, this. Yeah, that it's sounds great. great. Yeah, Judith, and I actually, I did interview Judith, and we talked about it a little bit. And I was surprised to hear that her organization, it, it focuses like a lot on um, on on beginning teaching kids how to play at a young age and not so much on creating champions like yeah. herself. But of course, when I was interviewing Judith Polgar, I had a lot of other questions to ask her as well. So, <laughs> so we didn't go too deep on the, the, her nonprofit. Um, okay. But let's get back to Bay area chess. So, so you guys are in a lot of schools and you run tournaments. You do. I see that you're doing camps, you're doing, um, you're doing school programs as well. Um, and, 
it seems like you're, you guys have really strong coaches. So um, have you, have your students had uh, much success? I mean, I, I think I know the answer to this with Christopher Yu being uh, a product of your school. But is you like does your school? Do you have a overarching mission in terms of uh, teaching kids how to play versus sort of helping kids get really good at chess? Or are you trying to to do both equally? Um, I would say our primary focus is to teach um, kids chess and expose them to chess and just to see the whole, uh, whole range of benefits that chess can give to them. Obviously, a lot of um, of the listeners are probably aware of all the benefits, but one of the things that we see is, is social justice, though, so that there's a lot of kids that are, are disadvantaged in socio-economical or, or socially. And chess is really a tool for them to learn, um, learn about um, social uh, life and interactions and just to give the equal chance for them to, um, uh, to get involved. So I'm, I'm really happy about that. Um, but obviously, if we see tw- talents, then we go and and uh, help them. So we do have really strong coaches, like uh, Grandmasters Via Di Zoria, who recently did two and a half out of three at the U.S. Championship um, against the top three U.S. players. We are very happy, and he regularly coaches our, our after-school classes, but obviously we prioritize him on, at schools where we know we have stronger kids, like Harker and Duvanek, and, um, and um, I wanted to say it fast. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, so and uh, we have um, I, international master um, Kasia Kabutsky. He coached for us a few years uh, we also have Faik Aleskarov. He's really popular. And uh, we have Grandmaster Atanas Kolov. So I'm really proud of how strong coaches we have. But also we have those really uh, popular senior coaches who are amazing. James Bethany, Jasmine Cower, and, uh, and a few others. So these are really popular coaches and really can identify talents. Once they are identified we created this team uh, classes for them. So on Saturdays, every two hours, we have a certain uh, team class for a specific uh, level. And they can join these team classes, and these are more for uh, training purposes. Um, Christian Kirilla, Grandmaster Christian Kirilla, who was on uh, one of your guests uh, previously, we basically started this program with him. So he was the head coach of the elite team, which was targeting uh, players uh, 2,000 rated and above. Um, then we had, have an A team, which had uh, head coach is Kostya. And then we have the so-called intermediate team uh, with uh, Fai Kalaskarov. And we have a first team, which is uh, the below 1,000 rated players, with uh, Faik and uh, Ziad. So all these uh, coaches, they are training the kids, and obviously they can promote to a higher team uh, once they reach the uh, skills and the ratings. Well, that's an amazing roster of great chess players and <laughs> and teachers that you, that you guys have. And uh, yeah, Zviad, is, is, or, yeah, his, his result was amazing. Uh, most memorably, of course, beating Fabiano Caruana in the U.S. Championship. Um, so when you watch these great chess players and communicators teach, do, do you notice any thread? Like, what do you think is... Um, what in your in your role as watching these teachers do you think um, resonates the most with kids? What is the best way to help them get better at chess? Oh, that's a very interesting question. Um, I know every coach has different styles. Um, so, like if you take Fike, he's fun. He he's very high intensity. You are not going to get bored with him. Um, so if if you like his style, and many parents and many kids do, his camps are full. His classes are full. So uh, we are really lucky to have him. And Zviad is really strong. So if you want to really focus on um, getting better, and you have the attention span for it, Zviad can really focus 
focused on how to get better very soon and he really uh, has the ability to find your weakness and find your area where you could grow. Um, Daniel Naroditsky, he's the head coach of the elite team. Uh, he's an amazing coach for those really high-rated players because he knows what it takes taking from 2,000 to 2,400 or 2,100 to 2,400. So he recently shared his philosophy with me, with us, that uh, how he wants to really grab these kids and, and take them to the next level. But again, like seeing Daniel coach and then stop and start coaching those 1400s, he can coach any level. He, he's probably one of my favorite coaches of, of all, the, all the coaches. He's really wonderful. Yeah, I really enjoyed. He started a series on chess.com about how to improve your blitz game specifically. And he's, uh, his, his communication skills translate to writing as well, I would say. Um, and I know, yes. he, I know he's a young man. Is he still in college or is he uh, working full time now? Yes, I think he's a third-year student at Stanford University undergrad, and so um, he's a full-time student. So he uh, he coaches for us Saturdays mornings, nine to eleven. But I don't see, I I do know he has a few private students, but um, mostly he's focusing on school. Okay, um, and and Judith. So when I do get the chance to talk to. Um you know, um, heads of organizations like, like yourself. I'm also always interested in how you mentioned the, that it, Bay Area Chess is a nonprofit. Um, but so is it, ex- is it exclusively funded from donations or do schools also pay for the program? Like how is, um, how, how is the funding done for the school, for the organization? Excuse me. So um, mostly we provide services and parents are paying for these services, whether that's class weekend classes or tournaments or events. Uh, so all, almost, um, I would say, 95% of our budget and and uh, uh, are coming from the uh, parents paying us a fee for our services. So we, we, we do have a few free programs, but most of our, our programs and events are does have a cost. Um, so that's how we can pay our coaches. So, for example, after school uh, program, we send home the flyer to the parents. Parents go online, register their kids, pay the the fee for fall or the full year, and and that's how we can pay the coaches, pay our administration, and um, and all the associated costs. Uh, we do get a few donations and sponsorships. Um, these usually go to uh, either uh, scholarships at after school. So usually we have a role of every 10 child after every 10 paid um, student, we give out one full scholarship or two half, um, half scholarships. And we also get uh, sponsorships for our state uh, championships. So if kids are coming to the state championship, obviously the entry fee plus the USCF membership fee, it's quite substantial. So uh, depending on um, the need, we do provide um, discount in the entry fee or sponsor their USCF memberships. Okay, yeah, I'm sure that that's a big help for kids because, yeah, it's always sad to see uh – Kids who who love chess and want to go to events, but but can't necessarily make it happen on their own financially. Um, yes, absolutely, and especially it's, it's so true, uh, especially in the San Jose area schools. And so we are really looking out for them and trying to get more sponsorships so that more on these kids who are who are really talented, but you would never know. So I encourage all the listeners to go to um, U.S. Chess. So we recently submitted an article about um, Grand School and their success um, uh, at the Spring Super States, the Spring State Championship. It's really these kids, they got full uh, scholarship to come, and they won the section. So it was really a um, total justification of our hard of work and, and, and dedication and their hard work and dedication. So it was really amazing to see how you help these kids. They shine. So, 
Yeah, that's great because I, I'm sort of a, an individual entity as a chess teacher, and one thing I do struggle with personally is you, if you, if in order to make a living as a teacher, you need you need parents to be able to pay, but you don't want to only serve those who can afford. So it's always it's good that you guys have found a solution and and are bringing chess to to people of um of all socioeconomic backgrounds. Um, and speaking yeah. of speaking of sponsorship, I know that you guys are also uh, tightly affiliated with the San Jose Hackers of the uh, Pro Chess League. So, um, could could you tell us a little bit about like how that relationship was formed and what's going on with the team and stuff like that? Well, yeah, I mean, whenever uh, Pro Chess League was um, started up or reshaped from the U.S. Chess League, um, we have obviously we have fight. Alaskarov and Zviat uh, on our um, team of coaches and they came um, they came to us and uh, floated this idea that we should do a team and they have uh, they are friends with uh, Shock and Rauf um, and so we decided okay let's go Okay, uh, we should we this. should uh, specify that's Shak Mamedyarov, uh, number two or three, uh, not number two anymore, but top five in the world, uh, incredible player holding down board one for you guys, and that's Ralph uh, Mamedyarov, who's also Azerbaijani, and as I want to get through, I think is uh, the secret sauce for you guys have la- having landed Shaq on your team in addition to being grandmaster and amazing player in his own right. So anyway, go on. Yeah, so um, so uh, to credit to Faik, he was the one who could uh, get us Shak uh, Mamed Diarov. He uh, he's the world number three currently and playing in the Grand Prix Tour in Europe um, currently. Um, and then Rauf Mamedov, he he's also in the world top fifty, I think. So both of them are really fun and really hardworking um, uh, players. So we are really happy to have them on our team. And of course, we have Zviad, Daniel, uh, Christian, uh, Kirill, and uh, and then. Um, and Kostya and Fike, and then we have the rising upcoming players from our elite team, like Christopher Yu, who you interviewed, Ivan Key, Timu Virtanen, who he won the Finnish championship last year. So um, we have all these fun players. We are really proud of them. It, it's amazing to hear a team like that <laughs> and think like you guys didn't even make the final four. I mean, the, the teams are so strong. So how how did how did uh, the hackers do this year? Or I guess it's still this what? year. <laughs> yeah, this year we didn't do that well. Um, we had quite a bit of bad luck. We did really good in the two Super Saturdays, I have to tell. Though those were really fun. Um, it, it, we had some bad lucks. And so uh, we, from uh, Raul disconnecting in the last couple of minutes, and he lost a completely winning position. And then we lost a round with that. Uh, with, um, I don't know. I don't even remember. I, I like to forget. It's true, yeah, it's traumatic. I <laughs> but understand. It was, I know, but it, it's uh, I. We try to focus. I love Zviad's philosophy. I don't know if you heard Zviad's interview with uh, Morris. Uh, he just plays for fun, and I love that all of our players are sharing this, um, sharing this mentality that as long as we have fun, results will will continue. Obviously, these are all hardworking players who are investing a lot in their. Um, growth, but at the same time, if we have fun together, it it shows and it it will shine through. So, and speaking of Ralph, so I know that Mamad Yarov doesn't live in the Bay Area. Does where does Ralph live? Do you know Mamad Yarov? Um, so Ralph Mamadov, I think his base is uh, in Baku, Azerbaijan. Okay, but he does travel a lot uh, with Shock because I think he is Shock's second. Um, as well as he does uh, play on his own um, tournaments, obviously. And he just recently got engaged to a Bulgarian um, chess player. So we are really happy for him and we wish him all the best in life. Excellent. Well, hopefully that doesn't impact his um, his ability to, to play for the hackers. Uh, got to keep our priorities I, I, straight, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> um, I highly doubt that because she got married last um, last year, and it was funny because we scheduled the hackers camp in summer. We have a week long of uh, San Jose hackers, so Shock visited us, and uh, we accidentally scheduled the camp on his wedding day. So he actually, we pushed around a little bit of the schedule, but he literally was here for two days and he went back and he got married the next huh. day. So I think priorities are clearly chess first. <laughs> that's and great. That's, that's, that's a great story. Nice. Excellent. Well, yeah. hopefully, I mean, we look forward to seeing you guys again next year. And do you know, uh, I mean, I guess it's early still, but you're hoping to return uh, those same players along with them. Um, your roster of local players? Yes, we are. Uh, I think it's it's clear that it has a. We have a lot of local support as well as international support, and in the U.S. So, I think it's safe to say that we are planning to return. I'm hoping to get a little bit more sponsorship because obviously it's not cheap to run these teams. But at the same time, I think for two years now we can say and we can prove that we have a lot of support and a lot of uh, attention to us or on us. Uh, so hopefully it will, it will happen. So in terms of looking for sponsorship for uh, the, the Pro Chess League's team, would you be looking explicitly for a Pro Chess League sponsor or would it just sort of fall under the umbrella of the donations you guys get for Bay Area Chess generally? I think when I try to approach sponsors, they always have a specific agenda. Either they like to help uh, kids who are not that wealthy, or they would like to see strong players. So whenever you approach someone, you their priorities are clear. So if if uh, if someone is interested in the later, so have higher um, rated players come and be associated with the area chess, obviously I would uh, offer them in the pro chess league and, um, and uh, um, sponsoring the hackers as well as now we are go uh, going to have an international um, GM norm tournament early January. So I know we have a sponsor uh, who specifically said this is a sponsorship or a donation to get a uh, high 2,700 um, plus uh, GMs to the tournament. So I think, um, I think everyone has their priorities. So I would like, uh, I also, when I, I try to locate sponsorships and donations for the hackers, I always uh, try to uh, approach those who I know they are specifically interested in in um, those quality high-rated chess games and players. Okay, so that that's interesting to me. So a, 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 a Yes, it does, but of course I have a couple follow-ups, so... So let's say you so you get a sponsor to do uh, an invitational tournament where uh, the sponsor would like there to be strong players involved. So what's next? Like, are you in charge of recruiting the strong player? Do you have someone that you delegate that to? How how do they reach reach out? How do they decide who to invite? These um, these are the questions that we we can only get answered on perpetual chess. So uh, any insight you could provide would be appreciated. <laughs> Um, I will be very honest. I'm I'm not that great in negotiating terms. Um, so I'm really lucky and thankful for um, my um, partner in organizing the uh, San Francisco International um, uh, International Tournament in January. His name is Arun Sharma. Oh right, he's a 2400 yeah. rate co-founder yes. co so, of the U.S. Chess League as well. Back when it was the U.S. He, Chess League, yeah. Exactly. So I'm. Um, we have an uh, agreement with Arun. I take care of all the financials and organization and and make sure the event will run smooth. He takes care of the negotiation with the players. So I'm really lucky. I don't have to do that. Yeah, I'm a I'm a bad negotiator too. So <laughs> I'm with you. I'm, I would love to have someone like that. Like uh, you know, when I go buy a car or something like that, bring Arun along. <laughs> yes. I know. I will, too. Um, so my other question, and maybe this is something a little up, more up your alley. So, you know, obviously, chess is a game that's often funded by through the generosity of sponsors. Um, so do you have any like and of course, you guys being in, in near Silicon Valley, um, 
you, you have some some obvious candidates of potential corporate sponsors. Um, so wh- what have you learned about how to try to raise money to support chess endeavors in, in your time at Bay Area Chess? Um, I will be very honest. It's it's very hard. Um, it's a lot of time, a lot of energy, and it, uh, and it's not certain that you will get any money. So um, while we um, previously, Salman, the founder of Bay HS, and I have also uh, put in several hours um, of work, uh, I mean, many, many hours of work um, trying to get these corporate sponsors, it's hard. So, so I, I know that whoever's interested and whoever learned about us, they, they know of us and they will come forward. Uh, obviously, I try and and I get my our name exposed to companies. And if I know anyone who is well connected, I am trying to push this agenda. But I, I'm not going door to door, knocking on the door, getting corporate sponsors. So it's a very tough job, and I believe that there are professionals who for in development who would be able to do that. I'm very happy to hear that USCF is actually uh, looking into establishing a, a development uh, person so that USCF can raise uh, their funds in that way. I think our mission and USCF mission is quite aligned uh, in terms of empowering and, and uh, transforming lives with uh, chess and through chess. So eventually when we grow a little bit more, I'm hoping that we will have a separate development department and person who can uh, lead our fundraising and getting these corporate sponsors. But honestly, my my time is is very um, stretched. So I have to oversee all the um, operations and events and um, make sure that the organization runs uh, smooth. So if I would spend a lot of time getting these corporate sponsors, I think the quality of our organization would suffer. So, Right. And if the organization itself is doing quality work, hopefully sooner or later, uh, some more money can be injected. Although it seems like you guys are doing, I mean, obviously, you know, one could always use more resources, but it seems like Bay Area Chess is, is thriving as it is. Yes, I think so too. I think this is because um, more and more uh, parents appreciate the quality um, instructions that we are giving. I'm very, again, I'm very proud of our our coaches, our teams. Every single coach, they deliver their maximum um, at at their classes or camps and. Anytime you go and visit, it's it's wonderful to see how how great they are. So I'm um, that's I attribute our all our successes to our wonderful team of coaches. And let's not forget the tournaments. Um, uh, we have one of the best uh, team of tournament directors. Um, so recent uh, uh, in 2016, um, Thomas Langland uh, got the tournament director of the year award. He's on our um, regular TD staff. Uh, we also have another national tournament director, John McComsky. Uh, he's also a wonderful mentor. So if you ever want to become a tournament director, he's really good in teaching you what to do. We have Richard Kopke as an associate national tournament director. And we have several senior tournament directors. So I, I basically i am very proud uh, of the TD staff. And we are always looking for new TDs. So if you're interested in learning how to run a tournament, um, we can train anyone and and off you go. You can run your own tournament. Okay. There you have it. So if okay. anyone out there is listening, you um, Judith's information will be in, in the show description. Uh, so Judith, I just have a couple more questions for you. Um, I know that you mentioned in an email that you guys have some new initiatives that you're excited about, um, including um, uh, enabling uh, kids with special circumstances to to um, make use of uh, your organization's services. So could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so um, I'm getting more and more active 
in um, U.S. Chess, and one of the committees that I'm part of is the Special Circumstances uh, Committee, and I'm very, uh, very happy to help and uh, with the lead of Janelle Lossoff. She's an amazing uh, person to lead this cause and, and establish really a protocol and a guideline how organizations should be offering these um, circum- uh, these accommodations for these special uh, players. And, and my mission is to kind of be a leading organization who actually uh, shows others how to do it and what to do and how to accommodate these players. And I believe, I mean, you guys have talked um, several times in the podcast that rated players, Players are one part of the chess community in the U.S., but there are so many others who are not playing, and we don't see them. And so even I think your survey showed that only half of your listeners were rated players, right? Yeah. So so I think uh, my mission is to really spread the news and and, uh, tell people if, if... if you want to play, we can help you. If you have any special needs, we can help you. So um, we have a special players, a few players. I don't want to go into details because I would like to respect their privacy. But obviously, uh, I'm always happy to see those players who are who are come forward and say what what their needs are before the tournament. I can help them, and and they have a good experience. Well, that's uh, definitely very commendable. I mean, uh, as we talked about earlier in terms of uh, so whether it's people disadvantaged economically or with other circumstances, it's great that, that we uh, we want to have a big tent for chess players. So I'm glad that uh, the USCF and uh, Bay Area Chess are, are doing their part. Um, yeah, and a little bit of promo for this committee. So this committee does enormous work we are establishing or they are – um, Janelle and Sean are working on establishing the guidelines and so I think uh, as a testament of their hard work and the committee's work uh, we did receive the committee of the year award this year so we are really happy about that too Wow, well congratulations Yes and um, as a promo for ours, Bay Area Chess also got the Chess Club of the Year so we are officially the 2018 Chess Club of the Year by USCF. Uh, that's excellent. So, um, yeah, you, you guys are doing great work. And, uh, of course, the Bay Area strikes me as a, a fertile place for chess with with the universities and, of course, the um, the companies that we mentioned before and uh, the Mechanics Institute, as John Donaldson talked about a little bit when he was on the show. So um, it, it's yeah. a great example being set out there uh, in addition to being a great place to live. Uh so, last question, Judith. As you, you, this one will probably not surprise you. Um, so, as I, I mean, as you know, I always ask for for book recommendations, and we, um, I know that you play some chess yourself. So, a chess book would be fine, or management, whatever you know, anything that that has gotten your attention recently that that you would recommend for our listeners. <laughs> um. Well, if it's a chess book, I, I really like um, uh, Coach Jay Soling's new chess book series, workbook series. Um, he just came out with it um, this spring, and Jay is also uh, an amazing mentor um, and friend. And so everyone who has young kids and uh, would like to start learning chess, I do recommend her, his books. He has a really streamlined uh uh, line of workbooks, so I think that that one would be my recommendation regarding yeah, chess books. Uh, just uh, just books. just to give it listeners a little more info, because I agree, I got I got mine recently, and I mean it's it's so much detail and it's presented in such a fun way. So the kid the kids really love it. Uh, so this is the Kickstarter that Jay discussed the first time he came on Perpetual Chess, and then when I talked to him uh, for Perpetual Chess at Nationals, he gave an update that it was starting to be released. So. Um, you can go to Coach Jay's Chess Academy if you're interested, but for chess teachers in particular, um, it is money well spent. The kid, the kids absolutely love it. So anyway, uh, go on, Judith. And then um, the other book that I recently read is um, is a book, um, kind of a leadership book, a management book. It's called Semper Fi 
business leadership. Um, it it got some really cool ideas. Of um, they are obviously um, getting ideas from the uh, U.S. Um, Army, I think. Um, if I'm not uh, mistaken, but uh, basically, it's it's a really good leadership book and management, and you can get some really cool idea. Um, I think U.S. Marines. That that's it. So oh yeah, that sounds right. I think that's their uh, yeah. slogan, or uh, I don't probably slogan yes. isn't the right word, but motto. Um, okay. Yeah. So. So, Judith, I think uh, those are all the topics that I had to discuss. Is there anything that you'd like to to plug or mention before um, before we let you go? Um, no, I, I'm just really grateful and thankful to be on your podcast. I know there are a lot of uh, listeners in the U.S. and outside of the U.S. I hope if they visit the Bay Area, uh, they can look us up and maybe play a game or two at our tournaments. Um, so if you're listening from New Zealand or uh, Europe or Canada, just come and play at our tournaments. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so your tournaments are open to adults as well? Yes. Yeah, so we have scholastic tournaments and uh, regular tournaments for adults. And any any age, any level, we can, we can offer a tournament almost every single weekend. Okay, great. And Judith, uh, if anyone listening wants to reach you, uh, how, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, I have an email address, Judith at bayareahs.com, or just simply go to our website, bayareahs.com, and you will be able to find any emails there and contact form. Okay, excellent. Well, thanks a lot for joining us, and thanks for all of the work you guys are doing uh, creating young chess Um you, you know, chess enthusiasts and great players and, uh, you know, employing great chess players as well. All of it matters and we really appreciate all of it. So thanks again, Judith. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your opportunity. The new Perpetual Chess theme music is courtesy of Geert Vandervelt. Special shout out to him. I also want to thank everyone who supports the podcast. That includes people who tell their friends about it, people who write positive reviews on Apple Podcasts, and most of all those who have donated to support the show. I spend about five hours a week on each episode, and even though I love doing it, it can be hard to find the time. Without the support of my Patreon and PayPal Perpetual Chess partners, the show would not be possible. They are... Adam Ralph, Adam Vrancouge, Adrian Gutierrez, Andres Crisdewa. I hope I did okay there, Andres, on your name. Alex Pejas, Chris Wainscott, Chad Hilton, Chris Lott, Christopher Wood, Coach Jay's Chess Academy, Chris Flanagan, Daniel Naylor, Daniel Schaefer, Gary Andrews, Greg Shahadi, James Bonastia, Jason Dunbar, Jennifer Valens, Jeffrey Martello, John Fernandez, Jen Shahadi, Jen Scream, Jerry Wells, John Thompson, Johnny McMenamin, Kelly Palmer. Krishna Gopalakrishnan, Lorraine Dore, Matthew Passy, Macaulay Peterson, Matthew Tedesco, Pascal Charbonneau, Paul Sweeney, Peter Lux, Peter Merrifield, Randy Temple, Ricky Grijalva, Rob Lazorchek, Robert Steiner, Tatia Vabrahamian, Thomas Stonix, Thomas Tachenko, Tim Seymour, Timothy Ha, Todd Bryant, Tony Rotello, Victor Vrenkul, Zhao Cheng, and Zhivko Stoyanov. Thanks a lot, everyone. I'll be back next week with another great... Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.